continuing, continuing, continuing Bears coverage. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. And we have more Bears right now. The Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Week six of the NFL, and the Bears only lost one game. So no matter how you look at it, that's good news. Uh, Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. And as we do each and every week before each and every Bears game, we bring in a guy that knows more about Bears football than me or, sorry, Brian, or you. Um, Absolutely correct. (laughs) Yes. It's Jeff Dickerson. Hey, J.D., what's happening? Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Yeah, I mean, this is a... This should be a really good game today. Um, I think this is a game that if the Bears come out of this with a victory, that's a big-time quality win against a Carolina team that is probably a bit ahead of schedule with Matt Rule being their first-year head coach and Bridgewater coming over in the offseason. But, you know, Carolina does a lot of things well. They don't stop the run really well. So that'll be interesting to see what the Bears can do with David Montgomery and try to get the run game back going this afternoon. But, I mean, they force a lot of takeaways on defense. They spread the ball around on offense. You know, Bridgewater's thrown the ball very well this year. They got Robbie Anderson. They got some playmakers. And they can uh, get after the quarterback on defense, too. So this is, I think, a very evenly matched game. And I know that it doesn't really have the, the appeal to the nation like uh, Packers, Bucks, or Brown Steelers. But I think today could be a very sneaky good game and maybe one of the better games of the afternoon. Well, you know, J.D., we've been talking about the, the, the sub, sub-line storyline here, the subplot is, again, the Bears' offense. seems like every week we've been talking about when are we going to see a four-quarter effort that's consistent and consistently good. It's great they found a way. I mean, give them all the credit. Four and one is four and one. But you should be able to score some points against this defense and I'm not so sure that that's a slam dunk. And our, our Twitter poll question is, are the Bears' offensive problems more about personnel, play calling, or both? Well, I would say all of the above, wouldn't you think, Brian? I mean, that's <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a problem, and it's a trend. And I agree. I mean, I think that, that is why, that, that's why the Bears are a difficult team to figure out. Because you, you can absolutely look at their defense and say, okay, I believe in this. You know, this is a defense that has had some – some bad moments this year, but when Khalil Mack plays the way that he played against Tampa Bay, now you see like how this could all come together here. He was so disruptive against the Bucks. I mean, hip tossing the guy, you know, in Brady's face all game. Uh, they have played very well. They played very well defensively after they fell behind thirteen nothing, and that's a group that, with that talent level, I think has a lot of credibility. But offensively. It's just the same story. Yeah, they're finding ways to win these games, which is great. And, I mean, if they could get the 5-1, and one, I believe I'm, – I'm not you know, ESPN stats and info here, guys, but I believe <laughs> the last time they opened up 5-1 and one was back in 2012 when they had that great early season run. It was Lovey's last year. They finished 10-6. and six. But If you guys remember, they got off of that great start that year. So, I mean, it's been a long time since they've been 5-1 and one to open up a season – so, yes, they're finding these ways to get it done. 
But again, I still, I have a hard time believing, guys, that that's the success that can be sustained. I don't think you could go all year playing poor offense, but then having like one good quarter and eking out these victories. Like, I just don't think you can sustain that over the course of the season. It's gotten them the four and one. They've got a great head start right now, a great cushion. But I just think if they really want to be a, a contender, not just to make the playoffs, but to win in the postseason, I think the offense has got to come around and they've got to just do a better job. And the bottom line is they do have to just they have to score more points, which has been a problem now for a couple of years. Jeff Dickerson joining us here on the Corona Hotline on ESPN 1000. J.D., <clears throat> I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked everybody I've seen, uh, the mailman. I've asked Brian. I asked Mark Xander yesterday. Uh, I haven't asked Tyler Rocky. But um, when they decided to make the change to Nick Foles, the starting quarterback, did you not expect the offense to look better, quicker? What the mailman say? Uh, I want to know. <laughs> he know said Nick who? He said Nick who? Yeah. yeah. I said, sorry, you're not a football fan, apparently. Are you well, the current here, resident? Here, take price. this. Yeah. Yes. That's when I got current uh, residence. That's a lot of my mail. Uh, <laughs> me too. Um, this is what this is what they will tell you. And I think there, there's a little bit of validity into the fact that they have played two very good defenses the last two weeks. I think that is true. I mean, you can't say that, that Tampa and Indianapolis don't have right. good defenses. Right. So that's probably played a little bit of a, a role into what's going on here. But yeah, no, I, I think, I think when when they made the switch to Nick Foles, at least my feeling was, I didn't think the lows would be quite as low. There have been some lows. I mean, there oh yeah, been some, I mean, that that Mr. Darnell Mooney, you know, I I Oof. tried to give. I never like to overreact to those things because really, you know, like when you're not playing and you're just doing what we do for a living. You know, you don't know exactly what where the route was supposed to be run, where the ball was meant to be thrown. I mean, a lot of that is is you just don't know unless you're really involved in it. But then they come back and they're like, no, no, that was a bad throw. Like, like, like he really, really just missed him. I mean, Mooney ran a great route, and Foles just had a terrible pass. So I mean, and there's been these these droughts, uh, these quarters where just nothing looks good. The decision making hasn't been great. The ball's been slow to come out. Um, the accuracy hasn't been there. I didn't think we would see the struggles as pronounced as they've been when there have been struggles. I think what he's done well is he's sort of augmented that a little bit with some, some really good moments. Um, you know, I certainly think at the end of the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, that was a great drive. And I don't have to tell everyone about, you know, the play call to, to David Montgomery on that 17-yard wheel route that basically yeah. the game for him. Okay, he's done some very good things. But, yes, I think the point was with Trubisky – there was so much that it was like you're, uh, you know, in a car and you're just like stopping and going, stopping and going, you know, jerking around, you know, hitting the brakes. It's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. With Foles, the thought was there was going to be just a lot more steady good play versus the ups and the downs, and it's been just as con- inconsistent, guys, with Foles as it has been with Trubisky. So, you know, maybe today this starts to settle down. But, again, Panthers are, are not a bad not a bad defense. Uh, yeah, they will take the ball away, and they will get after the quarterback, and they got some serious pass rushers there. So um, it, I think, it's again, it's going to be a really good um, really good test for the Bears on both sides of the ball. I think this is a, a Panthers team that would, does present some, some interesting dilemmas for them, and how they adjust to it I think is going to be fascinating today. 
Well, J.D., how important or how, how big an injury is it to James Daniels? Because it's not a great offensive line yeah. by any stretch. So we don't know how much of the offensive problems are from the line, from the lack of a running game against good defenses. Um, he's arguably the, your, your best offensive lineman. So it's next man up. But how big an injury is that, and how do they adjust? It's a pretty big injury. I wouldn't be surprised if Rashad Coward guys get to start. I wouldn't be surprised on that Nagy. You know, Matt Nagy wasn't going to say, which is, I mean, understandable. You don't, no coach is going to make that announcement uh, two days before a game. But, you know, you got him and you got Alex Bars, and Alex Bars came off the bench. And Nagy gave an okay assessment of Alex Bars' play. I think Cower has a little more experience, and, and maybe that's a direction you want to go. I would say you better have them both ready because you never know what's going to happen today. But, no, I, I don't think it's a stretch, Brian, to say that the offensive line um, has had some struggles here. I think that's, that's very fair. Same problems last year. Um, it's kind of trickling over. And, and the real bummer with James Daniels is that, I'll, I'll be very honest, guys, I think he looked great in camp. Um, I think he's had some, some iffy moments early on, but it, it seemed like he was beginning to really settle in and play the type of football that they anticipate that he was going to be able to play. And now the torn pectoral muscle, he's done for the year. So if you don't think that's a concern, oh, it, 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 it is a big concern uh, because when your frontline guys are a little shaky and now you got to go to the backups, uh, that makes that area even more problematic. So, so let's see what they do as far as protecting Foles because, you know, the Panthers look at him and they say, okay, it's Nick Foles. He's smart, veteran player, not a bad player, but he's not as, you know, fleet of foot. And uh, they're going to turn the heat up, and, and, and let's see what the Bears can do. And I guarantee you one of the spots they're going to attack is left guard and see uh, you know, whether or not whomever's in there, whether it's Coward or Bars, is going to be able to pick up on it. Let's see what happens. You know, I know that <clears throat> Kawan Short had the shoulder, but there was also – wasn't Burns also questionable about playing today? And that's two guys on the, out of the four uh, defensive linemen there. Yeah, I think, I think Burns is playing, isn't he? I thought, I thought he was playing today. He's a, okay. He is quick. Um, okay. He's a problem. I, you know what? I, I got to look for it. I'm sorry. I've been uh, uh, looking at all these Bears inactives this morning. Um, I will double check on that for you. They, they, they do have injuries, though. You're right. Right. That's a good right. point, Fred. Um, again, the Bears are playing a team that that has some some key guys down. The Buccaneers had some had some key guys down. We all know what happened against the Giants, losing uh, Saquon and Sterling Shepard, and um, so they they faced some pretty beat up teams here. Um, for the most part, for the Bears, we should talk about this quickly here. I mean. Um, they get Sherrick McManus back today. That's important. They yes. missed a couple of games here with injuries. So that's big on special teams. And then John Jenkins, who came off of IR with the thumb this week, you know, was questionable, but he's going to be active today. So he'll get in that defensive line rotation. So the Bears inactive, except for Deion Bush, there's just a bunch of healthy scratches there with Duke Shelley, Hambright, Riley Ridley again, and, and, and Travis Gibson. Hey, J.D., the, uh, Clancy Barone, the Bears tight end coach, said he would have thought it would have happened for Cole Komet by now, you know, going five games into the season. I think we all would have thought that. Why, why, why hasn't it? I mean, he's only out there 31% of the snaps. He's only had yeah. three targets. I mean, everyone said, you know, Wads a kid for his character and his work ethic and everything else. How come you can't find a way to get this kid the ball? You know, Clancy Barone made a comment that I thought was interesting. He I don't know if you read this, Brian, but he, he just lauded Cole Komet's blocking on an early uh, run play that gained two yards. And he talked about how he fired his hips out and, and he locked up uh, JPP last Thursday night. 
I went back and I watched that. I, I didn't see that. Um, and then he said that, <laughs> that people around the league were calling him about that play. And I'm like, what in the world is this? So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Cole Komet has done anything wrong. I think maybe they're just trying to keep his confidence up. I mean, he's a young player. I, I understand Cole Komet doesn't strike me as the type of guy that you have to stroke his ego. I mean, either it's happening or it's not. And right now it's not happening, but it's only five games into his NFL career. There's a long way to go. But I said this with Waddle and Sylvie this week, guys, and I believe it. I, I know one thing that Matt Nagy, when he talked about how he took that last weekend, that long weekend off, and did that self-scouting and self-evaluating, I can tell you that near the top of the list of things that he was talking about and what work he got was finding a way to get Cole Komet more involved because he was not drafted in the second round to have one catch. Or to like, be a blocker. I, that, right, yeah. or be a blocker. Well, he, so he is a, he is a Y tight end. So he, he is supposed to block. He well, is supposed sure. to block. He's not a Jimmy Graham who's just basically all receiver now. But um, you don't take a guy in the second round just to be a blocking tight end. I mean, you right. take a guy because he's got some ability to be a good pass catcher, and that was the whole point of this. Um, and I know that as the weeks go by, people are like, you know, were you guys not only COVID tested but drug tested at training camp when he told us every single day that Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham were having these monster practices. I assure you, um, <laughs> we didn't need to be drug tested. It actually was happening in front of our eyes. So, like, you can't tell me that the plan coming into the year – wasn't to have Cole Komet out there catching passes like that. That was part of the, the grand plan, and it, it just it just hasn't hasn't worked. So I I think they're going to try to get him the ball today. Now should that come at the expense of Montgomery and trying to do better than you know ten carries for twenty nine yards? I wouldn't say so. But if you want to prioritize things that got to get better, that tight end spot, Cole Komet being more involved in the passing game is pretty near close to the top of the list. Are they just trying to trick people or did the catching ability of Demetrius Harris surprise them? Because it seems with like when they, anytime they throw him the ball, he catches it. Yeah, he's good. No, listen, he's got a huge wingspan, Fred. Yeah. He's a big guy. Remember, yeah. He was a basketball player in college. Um, I want to say UW Milwaukee. He, so he's a really good athlete and he is, you know, you know, he's a little more of the block of the blocking tight end, but he can catch the ball. Yeah, and that's, he does. that's the thing. I mean, when we went into training camp, everyone that was covering the team, and you say, okay, Jimmy Graham, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's going to be a good red zone threat. You can post a guy up. Between the 20s, you're not totally sure, but he's got a little something left. I think he's shown he's got a little something left. Then you got the young guy, Komet, who, who has all this potential. And then for a third tight end, you've got Demetrius Harris, who Fred probably would have been the best tight end on the roster last year. Sure. You know, with, yep. with how bad the roster was at tight end. So, no, I, I, think, I think Demetrius Harris – is playing his role to perfection. And I don't think Jimmy Graham is too far off from what the Bears expected, but it's Cole Komet that's just not, for these reasons we talked about, um, being used the way they want to use him, and that has to change. You know, J.D., Ryan Pace gets a lot of criticism, rightfully so, for some of the big misses he's had since he's been a GM for the Bears. And he's had some successes, obviously, but when you have Mitch Trubisky not working out, Leonard Floyd... And that list, I think, is longer than the successes. Sometimes the, the smaller moves get overlooked. You know, Mike Davis was here for 71 snaps. I mean, that's how many times he's on the field. Yeah. And, 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 and goodbye to Mike Davis. And now Carolina has found a way to turn this guy into, to use Chuck Pagano's uh, words, a damn beast. 
you know, how does that happen? I mean, how, you know, how do you not see what the guy's good at doing and not give him an opportunity to do it here? Well, the, the weird thing about that, Brian, is Mike Davis is a veteran player. I mean, it's not, it's not as if you had someone come in here who was an undrafted rookie, and then that player never had a chance. And then you just said, okay, you know what? We've got a little bit, little bit of a logjam here at this spot. It's not working out. We're going to let him go. Someone signs him. And then off you go, and he's you know got you know all these uh, these nice accolades here for the first couple of weeks. I mean, Mike Davis played several years. I mean, he played in um, San Francisco. Um, he played in Seattle. Um, I mean, the the guy had a, a, a track record of, of someone that had had rushed for you know a couple hundred yards every year. How it happens, it's I, I don't know. That one baffles me. Um, and and it, it's not as if when they let him go, they began to run the ball better. They ran the ball worse. So I, and just to never give him an opportunity is odd. And don't forget, now they gave him a little bit of money. Yeah. It wasn't like they signed yeah. him to the, to the minimum. They, they gave him some money. So clearly, during the free agency process, everyone involved thought this was a good idea from the front office down to the coaching staff. The intent was to bring him in and give him a role and it, it just never materialized. So I never, I never thought, I never thought in my, my wildest dreams that I would one day be talking about a Mike Davis revenge game against the Bears. <laughs> there you but have here, it. Yeah. Here, here we are. Here, here we yeah. are. Hey, look, he's, he's, he's doing a good job. I mean, he's averaging almost five yards carry. I, last I checked yeah. Carolina Panthers stats. Um, he's doing a real nice job. Um, he's catching the ball out of the backfield well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that they're going to use him. Now, I never really... I mean, Mike Davis, I liked him. I thought he was a real nice veteran player. Um, not, not like super old guy, but, I mean, been around for a couple of years, had some great perspective, real pleasant guy. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be out there talking trash to the Bears today because I don't think he blames <laughs> the players at all. But, yeah, the fact that that didn't work out the way it did and now it's working out for Carolina is, is odd. And, and I, don't, I just don't know if there's an easy explanation other than the Bears just kind of blew it with him. J.D., before we let you go um... – it was just three weeks ago we were preparing for the Atlanta game, and we talked to you at the top at 11 o'clock and 11.30. We talked to Vaughn McClure, and everybody was beyond shocked with what happened earlier this week with his passing at 48. Um, just a, a great, great guy here when he was in Chicago. Um, every time the Fal- we, we needed a Falcon guy, he was there for us, and I know you knew him a lot better. It's just, it's just a shame. It really is, and now Fred, you knew him, and of course Brian. Now you guys yeah. worked together at Sun Times for, mm-hmm. for a long time, and you knew Vaughn very well. And um, yeah, you know, it's it it was a very it was a it was, it's been a very hard couple of days. Um, you know, Vaughn sure. was just a uh, look. Look, no one in life is perfect, and I, I would love to. And, and and I think you you have to to tell some funny stories every now and again. I mean, look, Vaughn put some holes in the walls. Back in the day, you know, <laughs> we, we had some, sure. some some wild some wild moments, you know. But sure. but he's he's just a wonderful person, and if you if if you knew Vaughn and you were his friend, um, there was really nothing that he wouldn't do for you um, or your family. Um, that's the thing, too, guys. Is like you know, Vaughn always asked about my son, came to my son's baseball games. Um, you know, I had an unfortunate meltdown on my son a couple of years ago. Vaughn had to witness, but uh, that was about bad behavior, not bad play. So I felt justified <laughs> in doing that. But I mean, but and, but it's not just me. It was so many guys in our in our NFL Nation group. So many of Vaughn's 
friends. Um, and I, I just think that, like, you just see w- how people felt about him when something like this happens. I mean, I, I, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this. You know, they did a really nice tribute on Countdown, like I saw this morning on ESPN. And um, if Vaughn knew how people felt about him, I feel like he would have been blown away. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if he knew what he meant to everybody. You know, guys, when, when he passed um, and we put the press release out for ESPN and our big boss is a guy named John Plume, who's our, our, our editor, our big editor. Um, Matt Ryan called John within like 20 minutes to talk about Vaughn and tell him how much Vaughn meant to him. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan doesn't have to do that, but Matt Ryan did that. And he begged us to let him be part of any sort of, you know, uh, you know, tribute we do to Vaughn. And it's just, it, but it's everybody that was, you know, from the Matt Ryan, the Brian Erlackers, the Lance sure. Bridges, to, to us. Um, he just, he just had a, such a, a way of, of connecting with people. And I'm not trying to take you guys past the break here, but it, it, no, that's it, fine. Um, it was devastating um, on, on many levels. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to um, do a lot uh, to, to kind of keep Vaughn's uh, legacy alive. And um, that, that'll be coming up in the near future, but He's got some great friends that have done some amazing things for him. And uh, I just think uh, it makes the only thing that makes me happy through all this is just seeing all the, the wonderful things that people have said about Vaughn, because I know that, that he would be, he would have been deeply touched by that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. JD, we appreciate it. We will talk to you soon after the bears are, you know, next week where they prepare for, to try to get their sixth win. Well, we'll see what happens. That would, that would be something guys. Hey, Hey, enjoy the game, guys. It's always great catching up with both of you guys. We'll talk soon. Take care, JD. JD. Jeff Dickerson joining us here. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Now the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Sportsbook, the best, an easy way to bet. Download the PointsBet app. Do it today. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. And um, Brian, Monday through Friday, before Cap and Jay Hood from 7 to 10, you can hear Keyshawn, uh, Jay Will, and also Zubin. They are on from 5 until 7, Monday through Friday. And earlier this week, Keyshawn Johnson, as they were taking a look at the games, Keyshawn gave his opinion about why the Panthers are going to beat the Bears. Nick Foles at quarterback, 1-1 one one this season since taking over for the quarterback, uh, Mitch Trubisky. But when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, where he has the Carolina Panthers at 3-2, and two, you certainly got to believe that two-shoe Teddy can get it done. And I think that a guy like this without Christian McCaffrey has shown his worth to this football team. First time starter since the Minnesota days as a starting quarterback to lead his team. They're up 54 to 45% on the FBI chance to win the game, and I agree with them 100%. Well, you look at it, and as soon as Christian McCaffrey went down, just for those who don't care, uh, he was. I had the first pick in my fantasy draft, and he was the guy I took. Uh, oh boy! Just as soon as Christian oh McCaffrey went down, yeah. As soon as he went down, I'm going, okay, what do the Panthers have? And then we forgot they had Mike Davis. Um, but as you and we've talked all all day long, uh, Teddy Bridgewater completing 73.4. It, it's best in the NFL. He's got a 101 passer rating. Nick Foles' passer rating is 83.9. And last year, when Teddy Bridgewater played against the Bears, when he was playing with the Saints, he threw for 281, two touchdowns, uh, and no interceptions. He's 4-1 lifetime. 
And I want today to be a day where Khalil Mack gets to reintroduce himself to Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater. That would be a fun day for me, and maybe a, maybe even a little Akeem Hicks and maybe um, Barkevius Mingo or one of those blitzes up the middle from Ro- Roquan Smith, one that he can actually tackle the guy because he did miss a couple of those tackles last week. But they got to put pressure on him because um, we talked a little bit about the offense that they're using and how they find a lot of guys. The only way you complete 73.4% of your passes, Brian, that ball comes out quick. Short, it comes out quick and you're throwing short passes and letting the guys catch the ball and run with it, something that you know other teams in the NFL have done a really good job at. It's so funny because when you do that, people always say, well, you got to get the ball downfield. Well, not if you can complete short passes and your guys can get downfield. And I think the Bears secondary is really going to be tested today. Jalen Johnson's playing pretty well for the most part, but he's going to be tested with some of the speed they have a wide receiver today. Yeah, and, and I haven't seen all the uh, Carolina games, obviously, but – whether it's run after the catch or not, 8.2 yards per attempt. And for yep. an offense, I mean, uh, Mike Davis has six catches of 50 yards or more, right? I mean, so <laughs> so that, you know, for not relying on, on chunk plays, they're getting some of those. Um, yeah. 1,400 yards, uh, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, they're getting it done, however they're doing it, whether it's short stuff or not, and a short passing game. To, to make up for Christian McCaffrey, but we mentioned Mike Davis is running the ball just fine. Thanks very much. You know, interesting, I, you can uh, reach us on Twitter at Fred underscore Huebner or at Brian Hanley 534, and I saw someone tweet at you, Fred, about this was uh, David J. Hune saying that the best thing about Trubisky's benching is it's forced fans and media to learn how to hold players and coaches accountable for their bad play or play yes. calling rather than just blaming Trubisky for everything. Has that really happened? I mean, I'd like to think so, but, I mean, is Matt Nagy being held accountable? I mean, he's asked about the, the issues. Is Ryan Pace being held accountable? Again, when you're 4-1, and one, I guess you get a pass, right? But I would like to think people are looking, this, looking at this with a more critical eye because, you know, we've been talking about the offense isn't nearly good enough. It's just not. And the numbers on, on certain situations are terrible, including third down. So... God bless if they can find another way to do it today. I'd like to see him, the way I'd like to see him win it today is come out and have that offense fire from the, the opening kick till the, the final you know, horn, the final sure. uh, buzzer. I don't expect to see that because, I mean, you know, you mentioned it. Matt Nagy's 0-4. His teams are 0-4 when you had a, either a bye week or a mini bye because you played on Thursday, so you got a few extra days. Yeah. That, that That's not a good indicator of time well spent, but – um, this <laughs> offense, I, I just, I, I, I'm, it's a head scratcher, right? It's just, you've it made really the quarterback is. change. You made the quarterback change and everyone celebrated it, but it didn't solve anything other than you, you found spasms of offense or maybe bad teams that allowed you to win some games. I think that what, I think that what the, uh, tech, uh, the texter Twitter guy, David mentioned, the, the one thing that they, it, they do, they have done is now I think the people that thought it was all Mitch, now they're starting to say, oh, guess what? Maybe it's not been all Mitch. But because the off, the defenses were very good the last two games, Indianapolis and Tampa ranked 1-2, now it's really important to see what this Bears offense can do against this Carolina defense. And we'll talk more about that. You want to jump in, 312-332-3776. We got a lot to do. We come back. We get Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. You'll hear them right here after this on ESPN 1000. 
we're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with the new morning show, Cap and J Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Each and every week, what we do in Bears, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Right before the the show, Brian, I always take a look at what the <clears throat> experts picked for the game. And in the Sun-Times today, four of the five picked the Bears. Yes. In the Tribune, all three picked the Bears. Correct. And I just, I just popped up from NBC and Pro Football Talk. Uh, Mike Florio picks the Bears. And... Um, Oh, Chris Sims picks uh, Carolina. So, well, I, uh, I looked at NFL Pick Watch, which you know looks at all across the uh, sure. country. And people put out their picks. Yeah. So they kind of put put you know survey everybody that they can. Fifty-two yeah. percent pick Carolina to win today, but seven of ten ESPN experts pick the Bears. So it really is a flip of the coin type type game, and I, the the. What open up the line opened up three three and a half a Carol a Carolina favorite and now down to one and a half uh, before the show I checked so right right I saw Brad Biggs had a very interesting uh, column in the Tribune talking to one of the uh, top guys at the Westgate Sportsbook in Vegas and not only does he project the Bears they've been they're they're the only team to be to win three games as underdogs this season but he says. The way things are going right now, as they projected, they, the Bears will be underdogs in eight of their first nine games. <laughs> now think about that, a four-and-one yeah. team. Scarier still, he said the comp, the team that they that he was thinking that best compares to the Bears, and he asked one of his colleagues without telling him what he was thinking, and they both came up with the Detroit Lions. Now, yeah. your, your record says four-and-one, Bill Parcells, and you are what your record says you are. But in Vegas, where they're just trying to figure out if you're a, a good team, a bad team, or somewhere in between, they say you're the Lions. I mean, I, I wow. Yeah. They've been underdog for five of the first six games this year. Yeah. So we'll see how things go. Um, each and every Friday or Wednesday or Thursday, if there's a game during the week, Yurko does his keys to a Bears victory. Let's listen to what he had for this week as the Bears take on Carolina. This is Yurko's Keys to the Game. stepping up, fires down the sideline, Robinson makes the catch. Yurko gives us what to watch for in this week's Bears game. And it's intercepted, and it's Eddie Jackson. Under pressure again. Can he get away? No, he can't. Of course it's Mac. Yurko's Keys to the Game, only on ESPN 1000. Of course it's Mac. Yes, I love that from Al Michaels. Yurko, I ask you, what are the keys to a Bears victory against the Panthers? Carmen, I'm glad you asked. Key number one. This team has had the inability to control the ball really all year. They haven't been able to rush the ball because they can't rush the ball. They haven't been able to control the clock. I'm looking for this team to control the clock. Now, you can do it with a controlled passing game, a high-percentage passing game. I think Nick Foles has the ability to do it. And then sprinkle the run in and hopefully get up ahead. And then you can try to run the ball a little bit more and establish the run. But I'd like to see them control the clock for 35-plus minutes. Ooh, two. Right. Now, on top of that, I don't mind the easy score. 
Who doesn't like the easy score? I know I did in college. Just never happened easy for score. me. It just never yeah. happened for me. But that. I just know I always would have loved it in college. The easy score. When's the last time you remember the Bears scoring a 50-yard-plus touchdown? You know, I don't think plus touchdown. I, I, don't think, I, don't know what's good. I don't think they have one this year, do well, they? Either way, if they've got one, it certainly doesn't stand out, does a it? 50 plus yard touchdown? 50 I mean, plus yard touchdown. I'll have to look at the drive shot. Hey, every first. once in a while, I like to see a guy break a tackle and maybe take it all the way. Let's ah, yeah. go all the way. Let's go, let's all, go the all the way. So let's get a 50-yard touchdown. It wasn't 50, but like I think Robinson had a 36 against the, the bad tackling by the Falcons. Yes, definitely oh, not 50-plus. Yeah, right. All right? Key number three. <laughs> Carm, you probably did this a lot when you were in college. And, uh, you know, we're, I think we're going back a little bit to e- our, e- our e- thrilling two. yesterday year. Oh, yeah? Are those wonderful days of yesteryear? Is this easy scoring again? No, this is oh. batted balls. Bad, yes, I did do hands a fair amount of balls, that. Hands on balls, guys. Yes. Batted balls, hands on balls. I still do a fair amount of that. Uh, defensive line, let's get the hands in the air a little bit. When the passing lanes, let's get them into passing lanes. Ball goes up in the air. We saw Khalil Mack drop one, but that's what we're talking about. The easy interception, the one where you just see it up in the sky, and, and the guy settles underneath and he catches it, and he goes the other direction. It's Carm. Hands on balls. I have hands on balls. Batted yeah. balls. Yeah. Let's start damn that. Key number four. <laughs> this offensive line needs to come together. Mm. Okay. And I think it was the Beatles that sang come together. Come together. They need right to now. come together because Alex oh, Bars is going to step in at the uh, guard position. He's going to be a starter. They've had 10 days to work with each other to head in the right direction. This is the worst unit on the Bears team by far. I'm hoping they can find a way to propel themselves. At least the last two weeks, they've been terrible. They've been exposed. So I'm hoping this offensive line can come together. And those wow. are the keys to a Bears victory Smoking. against the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte this weekend. Smoking hot, my friend. That was Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. And, Brian, I know it's they had they had fun with it because that's what you do on the Carmen and Yurko show. You have fun. But the batted balls and the hands-on balls is like – it's so yeah. huge because if you watch if you watch enough NFL and I've got the red zone on and the games on, I got three TVs in the basement. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing and I'm watching. But so many games change just with a defensive lineman sure. not being able to get to a guy, but getting his hands up, especially nowadays with so many of these passes just going right over the middle of the guys or tight ends over the middle. Get your hands up. And uh, it would be great to see some of the Bears do it because they've got Roy Robertson Harris is a monster. He's huge. He's a big guy. Akeem Hicks, big guy, gets his hands up. Uh, Barkevius Mingo, I'd love to see that. And because you see the completion percentage is 73.4 for Teddy Bridgewater, you know all of these aren't deep passes. Some of them are short. Some are quick. So get the hands up. I think that's one of all the ones he brought up. I think that's one of the ones that could be obviously the old line coming together. And we'll see if it's going to be Alex Bars or Rashad Coward. I would not be surprised if it's Coward today, because he's got a little more experience. Yeah, I would hope it's Coward. And, and you know, if you're not following Yurko on Twitter, you're not making money because you follow him at Yurko64. He puts out his, his uh, Yurko, what, dozen every week? 31-19-2 yeah, so far. Yeah, 31-19-2 so far. He picks the Bears today, plus one and a half. Now, he's picking against the spread and over and under. So he's not just, you know, giving generic winners, right? He's betting against the line. And he's I mean, 31, 19 and two is unbelievable. And I know he wants perfection, but that in Vegas, that, that would give you, you know, the presidential suite. They comp it for you because they want you to stick around so you get that money back. Um, but conversely, Allen Robinson 
what, three 50-50 balls have ended up in the defender's hands, right? Yes, um, they have. Three, three touchdowns, basically, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And it was great to hear him say it's never going to happen again. I don't believe it, but he guarantees he guaranteed it won't happen again. You know, those are the type of plays that can make a difference, too. Now, they, they didn't necessarily cost the Bears games, but they, if, if it continues to happen, it will at some point, you know, bite them in a big way. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it's amazing because it just means that the secondary, the corner, the safety, whoever it is, wanted it more than right. Allen Robinson. I know I don't want to I'm not disparaging Allen Robinson and his want for the ball, but these guys took it away from him. And they've done it a couple times and it's it's gotta stop. I don't know how many more and a couple then a couple of those back shoulder throws to the right sideline where he comes back and then the one last, was it last week or two weeks ago, where his leg comes up and kicks the ball up in the air. It's like, oh, my God. That's not something we'd expect to see from Allen Robinson. And I actually, on points bet today, where's my bet? I actually bet Allen Robinson to have a 100-yard receiving game. So I'm thinking he might bust one of those 50-yarders that Yurko was talking about, and then I'll well, collect on my points bet sportsbook bet. Well, look, and, and their, their, their cornerbacks are banged up. Um Eli Apple has a hamstring, was questionable, and uh, Dante Jackson has a toe injury he's dealing with, but both questionable. So, you know, you should be able, even if they're playing, they apparently won't be 100%. You should be able to take advantage of that a little bit. We come back, we'll take a look at our poll questions, also make some bold predictions before we're out of here. And don't forget, as soon as the Bears game is over, Jeff Miller, Howard Griffith, they are right here for you, breaking down the game for the next two hours as soon as the game's over here on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ah, PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet Sports app right now and get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. And, um, Brian, we had a couple of uh, polls today, and we bring in our guy, Tyler Aki, who uh, will give us the poll results. Um, I got a feeling that we, because we added both, that's going to get the biggest uh, number of votes in our first poll. I'm, am I correct, Tyler? And you are correct. 51% yeah. saying that the Bears' offensive problems are caused by both personnel and play calling. Personnel strictly at 11.6% and play calling at 37.5%. Wow, so more, more people have issues with Matt Nagy than they do Ryan Pace. That's what that correct. poll tells me. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. have issues with both. That's yes. what the majority <laughs> yeah. And they have issues with both in a 4 and one start. Yes. Just imagine yeah. if it was one in four. That town would oh, be going boy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Nothing would change up at Ellis Hall. Other no, it was quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Just being there, Tyler Bray would be in there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And what's right. the next, what was the other one about yeah. uh, about our oh how, our favorite Mike Davis memory? I did a Monday show with him after he had a nice game. Uh, he caught five passes, missed one. And he said, if I caught that, I was going for a touchdown. He goes, I was so upset. But that was my favorite Mike Davis memory. And uh, the beers I had after the, the show were pretty good, too. See, that's, that, that's right there. That's, that's all the that best counts. part yep. of the day, yeah. Yes, it is. Anyway, yeah. the poll for this question is, will former Bears running back Mike Davis pick up more than 100 yards of total offense today for the Panthers? 
right now, I'm a little shocked by this, but no receiving the majority of the vote at 56.5%. That's both rushing and receiving. Huh. And he's had three games of 100 or more yards uh, already this season, but that speaks, I think, to Bear Nation's faith in Bear's defense. Right? Yes, so. I think you're right. And take a look at the, the teams he's done it against. He's done it against the Chargers, the Cardinals, who had to fly all the way across the country, and then the Falcons last week. So not the strongest of defensive lines no. that he's going up against. That's, he's, he's third in the NFL in yards from scrimmage. Third. I mean, you know, you, nobody would expect that. If, you, if we weren't preparing for Carolina, I would have not looked at Mike Davis being third. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable that he's been able to do as much as he's done. And I watched the game last week. He's breaking tackles. He's spinning yep. out of tackles. He's only he's a small guy. He's like 5'8", but he can catch the ball. He's basically he's basically what Tariq Cohen was supposed to be. A damn beast, <laughs> and, as yes, Trey Pagano said. Yeah. Exactly. He's doing yeah. the stuff that Tariq Cohen was supposed to be able to do for the Bears. Catch the ball, run the ball, do these things. And I'll be interested to see how they use him once – uh, McCaffrey comes back because there's a chance that McCaffrey could be back next week. I hope, um, as he was my top pick again <laughs> in my fantasy draft. Again, how, I, how, how are you doing overall? I'm awful. I'm just I'm on the bottom. It's, it's terrible. It's it's been bad. And every, every year, I don't say I play fantasy football. I basically just say I donate to fantasy football because that's <laughs> all I do. I give them my check, and that's you know. Then I just sit down and laugh, and they laugh and they go, "You're supposed to know more about." This. I said, "I know nothing." I said it doesn't. doesn't Are you Mister Irreverent or irrelevant? Rather, <laughs> I'm both. You're irreverent. You're both, actually. Yeah. I am both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's come up with some bold predictions. Um, I've got one right here. I just thought of as as I just said it. But let's start with you, Brian, on some bold predictions for today's game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will have 150. No. <laughs> just off the bench. Yeah. Off the bench, I'll bring him in his street clothes, and he'll just yeah. get 150. I will. Uh, I, it has to be the case, right? The Bears will convert. Now, this is a team that's converted, what, on third downs, only once has converted more than 30%, right, uh, of their third down conversions. Uh Um, Once in five games, they've been above 30%, and that was against the Woeful Giants. I will say the Bears will have a plus 50% conversion rate on third downs. And it's, I mean, if they don't, they lose the game. So they better. Let's put it that way. That's a bold statement. Yes. Hmm. How about you, Tyler? All right. The Bears have yet to score a third quarter point this year, so I'm going to go with the Bears to win the toss, defer to the second half, and score out of the out of the halftime locker room. In fact, these are two of the worst third quarter scoring teams in the entire NFL. So the Bears haven't scored yet. The Panthers are averaging under three points per third quarter. And if you look at the line on points bet, the yeah, over-under for the, the third quarter total, seven and a half right now. Is it really? Yep. Wow. So if you think that like... either of these teams can score, you might want to put a, put a little coin there. Wow. That's unbelievable. It really is. Um, I'm looking here. The Panthers have scored 42 points in the second quarter and um, – 34 in the fourth quarter, and uh, yeah, that third quarter is pretty bad. And well, of course, halftime adjustments aren't really what <laughs> you would. Yeah, hope. yeah, I guess they're not working all that well for them. Um, I'm going to make a prediction that's going to surprise a lot of people and make at least one family on the northwest suburbs happy. But um, that is going to be that Cole Komet will catch more than one pass today, and one will be for a touchdown. Wow. 
It's a bold that's strategy, bold. Cotton. Yeah, that's the boldest of bold predictions, I think. What uh, what you, that that'd be like plus six hundred on points bet, right? Oh, probably for a plus, touchdown. Probably plus twelve hundred. I mean, I I I can't even imagine. I should be able to look it up really quickly. I can't but. imagine I put a dollar on it, but okay. Um. I got him. I've got the anytime touchdown score right now, and I'm scrolling. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. He you may not buy uh, This might have some value here. If you think Cole Komet's going to get on the field because he has the same odds as Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley wow. is not playing today. <laughs> all, wow. He's not played all year. You want to hear the little grouping? So he's twenty-two to one. Here's the grouping of, of guys he's That's with: it? Colin Thompson, Pharaoh Cooper. Oh boy. Brandon Zilstra, Lamar Miller, Riley Ridley, who I mentioned, Artavis Pierce, and J.P. Holtz. Wow. That's, oh that's his company right now in any time touchdown score. Well, 31% of the snaps, he's on the field, three targets in, in five yeah. games. I mean, second-round pick. How bad is that? I mean, you, you get a guy from the second-round pick, you don't use him. And I, I really think that they, they didn't know Demetrius Harris could be as good as he is. Because like I said, uh, when we had J.D. on, every time they throw Demetrius Harris the ball, he catches it. And it's like, okay, well, why did you need to draft a tight end in the second round then? You could have gone with, hey, I think Chase Claypool was still available. I think he did pretty well last week, right? Four touchdowns? Hmm. Ryan Pace so, was watching the same games, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, at least it wasn't Adam <laughs> Shaheen. David Gronk. Yeah, but he caught a touchdown last week. I know. How about that, yeah. right? <laughs> he was I one mean, of the first... One of the first touchdowns on Sunday was Adam Shaheen. Can rip up that ticket. Uh, Adam Shaheen <laughs> will score a touchdown before Cole Komet this year. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Uh, so next week, next week's not going to be quite as easy unless um, the Rams have a couple guys go down. And then the week after that, they play the Saints. So this is a really important game for the Bears. They, they need to go 5-1. and one. I wonder how much, if you go 5-1, and one, how much that helps confidence as opposed to you know, everything else, because you would think a football player's football team is get some confidence. And I think getting a win today would be huge for them. Well, here's hoping and here's hoping the offense has a lot to say about it, because if not today, I don't know when. Yeah, well, I think that I think the Rams can actually be scored upon a little bit. But if you're a Mitch Trubisky fan, you know, one thing that next week when the Bears play the Rams, there's a good chance we'll see Mitch because Aaron Donald will probably take Nick Foles out. So oh. that's a prediction. Wow. That's a, that's a bold, a bold prediction. prediction. Yeah, a bold prediction for next week already. So <laughs> thanks to Tyler Rocky for all of himself. Thanks to Devin Hester, who jumped down for us from uh, PointsBet Sportsbook, and also uh, Jeff Dickerson. Have a great game. As soon as the game's over, Meller and Howard Griffith right here on ESPN 1000.